Um, we also have a long-running joke about people's opinions on water chestnuts that mm -hmm. uh, that we'll, we'll sometimes just say and see what happens, mm -hmm. but everybody kind of passes over it, and no one ever makes mention of it again. And so hmm. Joe and I started off uh, the, the, the show with that, and no one ever even, like, I think people see it, and they went, water chestnuts. <laughs> is this what? something I should know about? I'm just going to pretend like I, mean, I know what's going on. Mark doesn't like them. He thinks they have no place in a stir fry, but I'm fine. I'm different. I'm pro water chestnut. <laughs> I think they add a nice crunch. Look at that. We run a gamut. Mark yeah. hates them. I'm in the middle. Chelsea likes them. Look, look, yep. I, I, and I'm not going to throw around the fact that I'm half Asian, but I'm going to right now. <laughs> uh, with, with my mom being Filipino, growing up with like a lot of Asian-inspired cooking, people just like were throwing water chestnuts out there and almost like coasters. And I'm like, why are we doing this? We're, we're, we're better than this, everybody. We're better than this. There's, the there's, there's no taste in the chestnut. It's just the, it's, uh, it's just static for your mouth. It's about like, the why crunch. Would you want that? It's, it's texture. It's the Lacroix <laughs> of stir fry. Okay, you don't oh need it. Oh my gosh, I love Lacroix. <laughs> Come at me all day. I'll defend these things. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lick the eyebrows. Well, all right, let's let's do this. <laughs> Well, getting back to more of our regularly scheduled program here. Uh, welcome to Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast where three friends take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at more than just what we've been eating, but our favorite properties. Today, we get to welcome someone who has been writing for some of our favorite characters over the years. Characters like Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and currently, she's even the lead writer for the ongoing Harley Quinn series. I've also heard she's a pretty good fighter and hockey player. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie Phillips. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you with us. Looking at like your your huge and really, really impressive resume of like especially like DC Comics has been a big, big favorite of mine since I was a kid, Superman always being my favorite. Um, I was happy that when I heard Mark had your name come up because like I definitely have the Red and Blue series, which you recently <laughs> wrote for, um, and absolutely loved your story. I think it's My Best Friend Superman or My Friend Superman. Yeah. 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 I, mm -hmm. That was so much fun to write. <laughs> it was really I, fun. It looked like it. I love the characters that you made in that. I, it focuses on um, a little girl who starts like a show and tell with looks like a kind of a random piece of junk. And she's <laughs> telling her class that uh, she got it from her best friend, Superman, and no one believes her. And it kind of seems like, I don't know, she, um, I guess before like I, I go into the character, like, how did you come up with her? Um, I mean, I think one of my favorite things about Superman is like the, this empathy and mm -hmm. the coolest thing to me is like alien, another planet, like all these incredible power powers, one of the most powerful superheroes in the DC universe, but he would absolutely make the time for a little yeah. kid. Mm -hmm. And it's like <laughs> the, the coolest thing about him. Uh, it, like in my mind, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we did something a little similar with um, Superman Man of Tomorrow uh, where he helps uh, someone who is trying to get help for his mother who's dying of cancer. And they like Superman is like, I have a limit. I can't cure mm -hmm. cancer. 
but he's really empathetic and there for the person that's going through this with his mom. And so like, I really like stories that are super grounded for Superman. Yeah. Even though he's mm-hmm. like this giant cosmic character. Like, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's the best, he represents like the best that we could be. And I just, I, I love those like personal touches, whether it's, you know, somebody suffering in a hospital or this little girl who's mm-hmm. being teased. Um, and, and it's just, yeah, it's an element that I, I was really excited to kind of bring to that story. Yeah, fantastic. I'm, I'm in the same boat, like, because for as much as, like, Superman always just kind of, like, his physical abilities are what seem to always be the focus on him, when you really look at, like, that that human element, that that's that's what makes the character. And you did an awesome job bringing this out uh, in, in your story. Um, and now you're, you're writing Harley Quinn, a vastly, vastly <laughs> different character from Superman. Yeah. Uh, well, how long have you been, how long have you been like with Harley Quinn? Like, like as, as a fan and how have you kind of, I don't know, like, how are you helping make the character grow? Because she is someone who definitely is taking the DC universe by storm. She's showing up in so many titles. She yeah. is all over the place now. And like to DC's benefit, because Harley Quinn is a fantastically fun character. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, like you, I I really experienced her in the animated series, and that was was really cool. Like kind of growing up with those characters uh, mm-hmm. that is the thing that kind of turned me on to comic books. Um, and um, I think that means that Harley is turning thirty next year, which is pretty cool. So, um, <laughs> younger character actually mm-hmm. in the DC universe. Like you know, this year uh, I participated, I think, in three or four of the 80th anniversary anthologies, and it's like, wow, like eighty. That's that's really incredible to um, work on characters like Wonder Woman or Green Arrow that have been around for this long. Yeah. And Harley is so much younger, and I think that the really cool thing there is because there's so uh, less people that have like worked on this character, she hasn't been around as long. Like you said, mm-hmm. she really is still like evolving and growing and yeah. I get to really contribute to that. So, you know, I I don't think I'm, I'm taking something and like creating an all new Harley mm-hmm. Quinn, but for me growing up with this character, there have definitely been some things about Harley that like, this is what I gravitate towards in the character. Like I'm really interested in different facets like, her intelligence, her degrees, like I have a yeah. PhD too, like obviously that's something I'm going to gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So my Harley might seem a little different from other iterations, but those things have always been there. They're yeah. just things that I'm highlighting mm-hmm. bringing to the forefront about her because I really like the way that they appeared in other instances with other creators like Jimmy and Amanda mm-hmm. were incredible. Obviously I love Paul Dini and um, Bruce Tim. So kind of getting to uh, contribute to uh, I guess you would maybe even say it's a short list of creators because she is so much younger. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a really cool honor and like getting to have such a long run. Um, you know, we're finishing up year one right now and, um, you know, headed into 2022 with another year of Harley. And, um, you know, that's really cool to get such a long time with one character. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love it when you can like, take a character from a different angle and bring something different that maybe we're not all used to seeing. So like, I feel like so much of Harley's story tends to surround like her relationship with the Joker. Mm -hmm. So when you see other parts of her explored, that just adds so much to her that is so, I mean, again, I don't want to say it's so much more interesting, but it, it makes things more exciting when you're not reading the same thing over and over again. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And that's something that, you know, I, I feel like we've had those arcs of like the mm-hmm. post Joker breakup and yeah. um, really the only time I want him referenced in this at all was, you know, moving out of Joker war. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to not have that play a role because it's so pivotal, pivotal to what was happening in Gotham at the time we started working on Harley. And of course she's helping like former Joker henchmen. So like that comes up. But we yeah. really, uh, I've been really cautious about really keeping out any of the like, I'm still working on getting over this person. Because yeah. and now that we're far enough away from Joker War, I feel okay, like, hopefully not really spoiling this. But, you know, she tried to kill him mm-hmm. at the end of Joker War. And for yeah. in my mind, that's like, okay, we're kind of done with this. Yep. Uh, you know, not that anybody can ever be like seriously done with trauma. But I mm-hmm. wanted to yeah. really reframe how we were looking at it. This isn't Joker's ex. This mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, her most recent relationship and what's going on in her life has to do with Poison Ivy. So I wanted to reframe that rhetoric and really put it on. This is Poison Ivy's girlfriend. This isn't the Joker's ex. Like, yeah. Really just yeah, change, yeah, yeah. change that language. Yeah. Which I think, I think yeah. it, it, for me, the, the word that like pops in my head a lot is just care, right? Like there's a lot of care that goes into how you explore a character. And when we're inundated with so many different media sources now for characters, especially interpretations of them. Uh, I, I think we run into the the overexposure to the cinematic universes, and this isn't to mm-hmm. this isn't to knock them at all. I love the movies, but uh, but we don't get to explore these aspects that that you do that you you write out, and and when when you just see it in a movie, yeah, you get a snapshot of of uh you know that character in action but you don't always get um into some of the granular elements that i think are really really important and those are the things that you typically lose in in the dc films because Mm -hmm. mostly because we're focused a lot on you know digitally altered facial hair and uh so some of the things that we probably shouldn't uh, care so much about but but seriously, mm-hmm. that's that's why I think comics is a medium, and especially with the stories that you tell, is that we do get a chance to to explore these things, like the, you know, the stuff that maybe doesn't get as much airtime on on a full length feature film, unfortunately. So, I mean, just kudos right. to you for for providing those those uh, those multi directional views. I really love it. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a ton of fun to write, and you know, really getting a lot of creative control as we mm-hmm. kind of restarted that ongoing which is another really cool thing like you know i'm not filling in on an ongoing that's already been you know issue 700 something like yeah. we started at issue one um you know with riley and i kind of in the room like what do we want her to wear mm-hmm. like obviously yeah. we wanted the, it to come right out of joker war so it felt really natural for readers and like where she's at coming back to gotham but yeah that's the uh, that's a really cool thing. Like, you know, I, to, to be on and ongoing, to have it be Harley Quinn, to be at number one, like those are all really awesome yeah. things. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm honored. Like I know this Harley community is, is really active and I'm like mm-hmm. really glad that they've accepted me in this. And I'm sorry, my cat has just found the loudest toy that he has decided <laughs> now is a perfect time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, it's great. This actually is perfect because I was going to bring up pets soon anyway. So perfect. yeah, <laughs> you read <No>. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it about time we talk mm-hmm. about me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's not an episode of the show. If a pet doesn't have a say, like I, I muted as soon as I heard my uh, my dog start to bark at my neighbors, and I don't <laughs> think he was picked up. But yeah, 
We always need a pen interruption. Oh my god, we have so on. So Joe has a corgi named Sully, and we've I refer to it as a Sully Pop every time he he barks over there, just like in in the other guys. <laughs> they do, oh my god! When they, when they do the desk pop, and yeah. uh, I've got a black cat named Ruby who occasionally like. Like she basically, she might as well just throw like a roll of quarters in the air every time she meows because that's how loud it is. Um, so she's so you do not feel bad. We love pets, but uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'll let I'll let Joe take it back up though. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. Don't apologize at all. This is this is fantastic. Um, and I mean, looking even at like places you've worked, you've been with Oni Press, Dark Horse, Marvel, Image, Top Cow. Um, what's it like, like really running the gamut of being able to write for the biggest names in the comic industry? Yeah, I, I mean, it's really cool, like working your way up to that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when you, uh, or at least for me, like writing and putting out my first comic book, it's like, you know, you don't really know where that's going to go, if anywhere, mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe that's it, maybe that's the only thing I ever do. And, um, you know, I, uh, of course, like, you know, I could keep self-publishing and things like that. But, you know, that first thing I, I wrote got picked up by a publisher. And then, you know, I've been really fortunate from uh, publishing that with Black Mask and then going to Aftershock and still having an ongoing relationship with Aftershock that's really positive. And then kind of building from there and working with new publishers, um, you know, meeting new editors. I'm also really fortunate that I have great editorial relationships. Like, that's really important to me. And I get really excited for those collaborations. So, um, it's really cool to kind of grow that network or even as editors are like moving companies, I get to still go with people mm -hmm. that I'm really comfortable working with and have like a really good collaborative relationship. And um, yeah, it's lots of really cool things like working on Rick and Morty, a um, couple of projects that are that are, uh, that are um, currently unannounced that have been you know, just really good relationships mm -hmm. with artistic teams, with editorial, like um, I really like the collaborative element, so that's mm -hmm. always something that I'm excited about when I get to go work with a new publisher. Yeah, really cool. When it when it comes to like with writing, like was is that something that you've you kind of like always enjoy doing, uh, like from a young age, or how did how did you even get into comic book writing uh, to begin with? Mm -hmm. Kind of like an odd route. Um, my <laughs> Those are our favorite routes. Odd routes yeah. are the most interesting and fun routes ever. Um, uh, my PhD is in rhetoric and composition and mm -hmm. while I was in grad school like I, I've done like a lot of academic publishing um, publishing in like scientific communication journals mm -hmm. like stuff that like interestingly you can go and like track reads or is behind a paywall for some ridiculous amount of money you know like yeah. I've done research on like genetically modified mosquitoes and it's behind some $40 paywall oh. and it's like I don't even expect my own mother to go you know like, <laughs> um, you know my mom who wants to support everything like I'm not mm -hmm. going to go let her her buy access to that like that's just <laughs> it's weird and so you're with this mm -hmm. really limited audience and the kind of stuff that I was writing like I I gravitate towards being more creative that's what I mm -hmm. like and that's how I engage with content and I think I remember at some point writing an article. Um, I, I think it was about the genetic, uh, genetically modified mosquitoes. I had put some like weird opening in there that you wouldn't usually see. It was a bit creative. <laughs> and the journal told me they wouldn't publish it like that. They just oh, said like, oh, that's not 
academic mm -hmm. writing. Actually, the comment I got, which is my favorite comment ever, was cute but unnecessary. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God, oh, I don't know oh, that. Like, like, <laughs> put that on a know? resume. Come on. I, I know. Writing sorry. is cute but unnecessary. This is amazing. too easy to read. If you could just go ahead and... <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking of some crotchety like academic uh, right. who, looks, who looks like J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah. yep. I'm not going to put and, it on the front page. <laughs> exactly. No. And Chelsea, uh. you nailed it. Like, it's too easy to read. Like, they yeah. didn't want important content to be that accessible, which in my mind was like a huge turnoff from that form of writing because it's like, well, then why am I doing it? If I can't mm -hmm. make my ideas and my research accessible to large audiences, uh, both in terms of like money, uh, topic, tone, just how it's written, like, that just wasn't doing it for me like I was just like not super interested or engaged anymore in what I was doing and um I I actually took like a semester off from grad school at some point because I was on track I was just like I'm going to get the master's get the PhD be a tenured professor and like that's it and uh around that time I was like well maybe that's not it um so I went to <laughs> Um, a comic convention with a friend of mine that runs like kind of like grading and signature services and mm -hmm. um, kind of ended up meeting and talking with a lot of comic professionals, got a lot of really good advice. And I think the best advice ended up just being like, well, why aren't you writing comics? And I never yeah. thought of that before. So <laughs> <laughs> like I had always loved them. You know, I loved being in that world. I felt very happy being there and talking with people that I really respected about medium and about the characters it was really exciting to me and yeah just like that one question like why aren't you writing comics and I went home and I was like cool I'm gonna write a comic like I don't know what this entails but I'm gonna figure mm -hmm. it out I'm gonna find an artist and um yeah that that became my first published comic at Black Mask uh, Double Within oh, that's awesome so uh, cool see that's <laughs> yeah. that's a that's a really cool way to, to start it off because the only question anybody's ever asked me is why aren't you guarding a bridge and demanding people give you fish heads to pass. So I mean, that, that's that's really cool. It's reminiscent, though, of uh, uh, voice actor Roger Craig Smith, who was a, a stand-up comedian or trying to be. And then someone after a set goes to him, you know what, why don't you try voice acting? And now he's got, you know, a, a resume a mile long, you know. So that that is really cool that sometimes it can be, uh, you know, a, a chance encounter or that that, like you mentioned, that, maybe a path that you didn't quite see at first. And so um, right. always be on the lookout, right? You know, I'm- <laughs> Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it's not that I didn't like com Like mm -hmm. uh, actually as a kid, I, I would draw and write comics all the time. And I had a series about like a werewolf and I think my dad still has them and I couldn't even write, Aww. you know, my dad would like fill in the dialogue for me. Um, oh, so like, cool. I've, I've always loved comics. It was just one of those things that I don't think somebody had ever presented to me as a career. And even then, like, you know, the people that get to mm -hmm. uh, make this a career, like, I'm really fortunate that this is my career. Like, that's that's still wild to me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I know how, how lucky I am to be doing that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I take it very seriously, like, the role I get to, you know, present these characters that I've always loved. And, you know, I, I know that I have a responsibility to do right by those characters when I get to write them. So, um, yeah, I'm really fortunate that uh, my job is writing cool people punching things so. yeah well i mean i think in that respect like, we're lucky to have you as a writer because like you like you said you're fun you've you've loved the like the art of making comics since you were a kid and like you know you're not some uh like a like a stiff writing um 
science journals. Like you're having you're too, <laughs> too much fun to be doing that. Like you could, not that it's all bad, but yeah, no, we are so like, I think the industry is very fortunate to have you in it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. On, on the art of the industry, if we were able to actually like slap you into a comic book, because you have some martial arts experience with Muay Thai, if you could mm -hmm. train, hang out, spar, any comic character of your choosing, who would you go for? Um, Wildcat. Ooh, nice. I just, I have a really, really soft spot for Ted Grant. Like, I just love the curmudgeonly <laughs> boxer. Uh, like, I don't know why. Like, I feel like it's it's such an odd, like, pick for me. And then, mm -hmm. like, it also just feels really cool that that was actually the first DC character I ever got to write was Wildcat. Uh, with <laughs> with cool. Kylie, who's now on the ongoing Harley. So it just, like... I always liked Wildcat, but it really solidified my love for him even more that like that was my intro to DC, my intro to the relationship I have now with Riley Rosmo, the ongoing artist on, on Harley. And um, yeah, so that was like a really important story getting to work on Wildcat. And uh, I would probably lose if I fought Ted Grant, but you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I give it a shot. <laughs> well, we are definitely in your corner. And, well, yeah, yeah an awesome pick with Wildcat. Like, I love it. Like, I feel like as soon as, like, uh, fighters would come up, like, it's almost instantly Batman, which nothing wrong with Batman, other than he's in everything. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, the face of DC. But, yeah, it is, it is great to hear. Um, just, again, like, you have such a vast experience with, it, with, uh, with characters and how much you thoroughly enjoy the characters themselves and that just shows in your writing oh yeah i appreciate like i'm you know i'm a fan first like i'm a i'm a giant nerd i, I love these <laughs> characters i love these like story arcs and um you know going back through and just mm -hmm. like uh, currently i'm doing a reread of of mark wade and where ringo's um fantastic four because it was incredible and uh yeah i just went and, like bought all of it so yeah i'm a huge fan of this medium and the characters and i get super excited um, being asked to write them. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's it's fun. Mm -hmm. Is there any character that, I mean, because, Grand, like, there's so many comic book characters out there. Yeah. Uh, do you have anyone that you would, like, want to write or look forward to being able to write in the future? Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I definitely look forward to doing more with Ted Grant. I always think of him as, like, a really underutilized character, but I mm -hmm. know that his fan base uh, is probably pretty niche. So, <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to hopefully doing more with him. Um, I wrote Green mm -hmm. Arrow in his his 80th anthology, but actually oh. Green Arrow is my favorite DC character. So that's another one that I'd I'd love to do more with him. Um, mm -hmm. I really like Laura Kinney at Marvel. Uh, I think she's super cool and amazing as Wolverine. And um, I, I think like she brought me back to Marvel as a reader. Like I, I just, ah. there was a period of time that mm -hmm. I was just reading DC like as a teenager mm -hmm. and um yeah, her, like, the X-23 books absolutely, like, brought me back in to, like, being a very devoted Marvel reader. So, <laughs> uh, so I credit her with being, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I just got really excited about her, like, this, this young, moody, like, emo emo girl with uh, yeah. Claws. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what's not to love there. <laughs> no, it's fun. And did, did, did you, you saw Logan, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, so wasn't she so great in Logan? Oh, my God. It's so, mm -hmm. so good. Yeah, I... I don't know why she has not yet been given her own feature film, and I really mm -hmm. hope that happens because she was great. 
It's probably because they're they're still cleaning up all the blood from, from <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Absolutely true. Yep. Fox is like, still working, guys. Like yeah. we can't can we gotta clean this up. Can we shoot the next one yet? It's like I'm still picking stuff out of my teeth, guys. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <nope>. <laughs> yeah. Give me give me a little bit of time. You know, I, I think what actually may have been uh the reason for it, this is just me speculating. It it could be the you know, that consistent rights issue uh yeah. that that the properties had right like over the last 25 30 years you know when marvel decided to starburst all of these individual characters out to different studios um i'm wondering if that could be it but yeah, yeah absolutely i'd love to see her on screen again yeah mm -hmm. you know we we've asked this question a couple times on our show with with different creators whether it's you know writers actors because there are some of those unexplored you know career uh, paths that we haven't quite gone down yet um, are there any aspects of creating comic books or maybe even beyond that that you've wanted to try that we we haven't quite gotten into yet? I, I suppose so. I, I mean, like I'm always I'm always up for writing in other mediums. I have a little bit here and there as well. Um, but I'm I like, you know, I really do consider myself a comic book writer, and I mm -hmm. know, um, I know that there are companies out there that really like using comics as like a, a way to generate IP and transition that mm -hmm. into other mediums. And like, I'm not, I'm not against that because in some ways, you know, I, I think that it's really cool that uh, comics can gain enough popularity to then go on to reach other audiences. And maybe some of those audiences will, I mean, this is like the most hopeful thing I can say, like maybe they'll come back and like dip back into this medium. Like that would be really cool. Um, but at the same time, I write a comic book to write a comic book. And I don't really think about it in terms of like, I'm writing this and can like see, see this on the screen or something. I really try to think about it in terms of like what it looks like in comic book form and on the comic book page. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I do have some stuff in the works right now that's not a comic book and it's really interesting. Like it's a weird muscle to flex and do yeah. other things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I enjoy it. I definitely enjoy it, especially like, you know, the first time I saw something animated that I wrote, uh, that was a really cool experience because it's like, you know, I wrote this whole intro with, you know, a gunfight and almost anime-esque uh, in terms of the animation. And then I got like the animatic back and I watched it and I was like, holy crap, like this thing I wrote, like I, comic art is absolutely incredible. It was just like a different experience to see this person like flying across my screen and dodging bullets. <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, it's, it's a different kind of writing and it's just as exciting mm -hmm. as getting art back in like my inbox, but it was, um, you know, it's still new to me. So it was really neat. <laughs> I had a, an interesting thought because, um, as you mentioned, seeing an adaptation of one of your works, um, I didn't know if there's anyone out there, whether you know a, a director or or a producer, you know, movie creator. Is there anyone out there that you would love to see adapt your work into, like a a, a feature? Uh, me? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, That's the an answer. <laughs> uh, I mean, I definitely have, like directors that I I feel like I'd want to learn something from. Like I I mm -hmm. really love and I'm drawn to anything Dennis Villeneuve has done. Um, I feel like with with a lot of his movies, I can rewatch something like Sicario a hundred times and find mm -hmm. something new. And actually, I think it translates really well to sequential storytelling. Like thinking about there's an opening in Sicario where they go through like the suspected like drug house and they keep showing little images of different things in the house, like, like one shot close up of the window as like 
-hmm. people are storming into the house and just dust kind of kicks up off the window and it's like one little still shot that tells you something about the way the scene is unfolding and I just I think he has such a cool way of showing these small moments that help enhance the scene and I really do think Mm -hmm. that that plays a role in any kind of storytelling but really it's Mm -hmm. a good lesson for sequential storytelling too um so I'm a big fan of of Dennis Villeneuve um yeah I I would like to do a lot of that myself uh because I am way too type a I think to like hand (laughs) things over to somebody and like (laughs) hope they do it the way I perceive like I feel like I'd be the most annoying Leslie Nope possible and just be like (laughs) what are you doing now you need some help with that you need me to just do it okay See, you're right now. I'm have like flashbacks to, to my mom's kitchen because that's kind of how learning from my mom cooking was like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing something, she's like, "Hey, la, let me let me uh, just add that butter real quick for you." Right. <laughs> just get in there, sassy mom. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, this is, I'm suddenly flashbacks of like my dad and trying to work on a new car, and I'm holding the flashlight wrong and crying, <laughs> and everything's done wrong. <laughs> Another thing I did with my dad. Uh, that did not result in crying was watch a lot of old westerns growing up, which you oh, yeah. are pretty fan of. Do you do you find any of your writing or your work influenced by kind of like that old west style storytelling? I think so. I I mean, like actually, Bill Wave like recently made a comment about like a lot of Marvel movies having this really similar format, and I don't know if mm-hmm. he meant it as an insult. Like I'm not in his brain. I don't know that I see that as necessarily like a bad thing. I love Mm -hmm. the Marvel movies and I think that it's really akin to like the popularity of Westerns. Let's Mm -hmm. be honest, like if you watch enough Westerns, there's a lot of formulaic things happening in Westerns. And again, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's bad. Like there's features to Westerns that you recognize and know are a part of it. And if you like Westerns, like you come to love those elements when they show up just the way that I think we do with Marvel movies. Like there are some formulaic things and when they show up, I'm very happy. Like, yeah, uh, you know, that's that's what I'm there for. I know Mm -hmm. what I'm in for and I enjoy them immensely. Um, So absolutely. uh, You know, I'd I'd say things like um, Unforgiven, um, Mm -hmm. like some of that stuff actually specifically Unforgiven, I feel like influences a lot of stuff I do in terms of like, the dynamic character dynamics are really fascinating there the way people present themselves and mm-hmm. uh the way that movie kind of played with that format a little bit that you're expecting <laughs> and kind of subverted it was was really interesting especially for the time it came out so um and i i'm notoriously obsessed with tombstone which isn't quite oh yes it's, mm-hmm. it's not super old uh <laughs> yeah. but i just really love um doc holiday in that oh film. And yeah He's everybody's Huckleberry. We love Doc Holliday. Of course. Uh, I, I collect Doc Holliday artwork. So I've, oh, cool. Uh, oh, my God. I love yeah, it. I've, I've gotten a little ridiculous with my, my tombstone. Like, I just, I'm, I'm cool with making that my thing. Like, you know, if an artist is drawing me something, that's kind of become my go-to. So. <laughs> See, I, uh, I'm a huge fan of Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. And and not just because he's sweating all the time. Uh, Joe, Joe, Joe and Chelsea know that I'm like a professional sweater. That's just, just what I do. Sweats. Yeah. But I mean, oh, God, yes. As you mentioned that, I'm just like sitting in my chair going, oh, my God, I love Tombstone. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's just so many like really, really good ones. Um, mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in the Old and uh, Once Upon a Time in the West is just like absolutely incredible. Like I've, I've been putting together a list to like go rewatch things like that. High Plains Drifter. Um, yes. Like, Oh man, like I just I, I need to rewatch some stuff, but uh yeah, it's like a really cool place to go get 
awesome mm-hmm. ideas and inspiration even if you're not writing a western like taking some of that which obviously was wildly successful for someone like star wars so yeah absolutely yeah. i mean look at the yeah. mandalorian is obviously just one big western in space oh right? totally yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. stephanie you might agree with me on this where when you look at elements of westerns it's really it's contrast is what makes them stand out so much whether it's mm-hmm. a fight between good and evil sometimes it's as much as someone you know literally riding against a sunset where you can see movement against a bright picture um or, i mean or it can be as simple as you know russell crowe whistling in a train and you know he's going to get his horse and escape yeah <laughs> absolutely i love 310 to you it's fun yeah Every time I see Ben Foster in front of that fire and he's just yelling, we're going to contention. And you're like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm not a bad guy, but I want to be part of this posse. I, I want to go. Let's do it. Yeah, this. but then there's that one guy who hates posse. He's got to be careful. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, just contrast people who love posses and those people who don't. Yeah. <laughs> what side do you want to be on? <laughs> we'll make a Venn diagram uh, of that and people who like and dislike their chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mark is there. Chelsea is here. And then I'm right in the middle. And... <laughs> Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. Uh, usually what we do with the last little bit of the show is we let our guests, like, uh, let us know, like, where we can find them. We can definitely look forward to, uh, like, seeing you working on Harley, continuing with Harley Quinn. So if you let us know, like, where we can find you on socials and maybe even, like, one thing you'd love to see Harley do as she continues to grow. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Steph underscore smash, um, along with Harley, which is continuing uh through 2022 as well um in november our wonder woman series launches which i'm super excited for um and on the same day in november we have an amazon comicsology original series launching myself and peter kraus um which is a completely unique our own thing not ip characters oh Um, exciting yeah it's called we only kill each other um and (laughs) if you go to my twitter i've linked to like a website that has a like news feed kind of thing so there's a lot more info about all those books there as well and yeah i'm pretty much only on twitter because i forget other social media exists so. <laughs> that's probably for the best anyway yep. so. <laughs> <laughs> all right again thank you so much this has been great uh everyone please go check her out check her socials uh social i guess just the one read harley and we can't wait to see um uh you know who only the other person is that you'll be killing because you only kill each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on the show.